It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. Count on all the hot, fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone, like eggs, cinnamon rolls, and even hot, fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave. Next time, do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. So, when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express, you'll wake up happy, a part of IHG Hotels and Resorts. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Good afternoon or good morning or good evening whenever you're listening to this. This is the Custard TV podcast. It is me again, Matt, welcoming you to this weird between Christmas and New Year week. Uh, Unfortunately, everyone's had uh, too much to eat and drink over Christmas. Quality Street. Uh, So it is just myself and uh, Dawn Glenn manning uh, the, the ship. Custard TV Towers this week, even yep. though we are recording this before Christmas, but we'll let people think it's it's the time it comes out, won't we, Dawn? Yes, that's it. We're passing ourselves forward and imagining how we will feel on the 27th, 28th of, uh, of December on the additional back holidays that we have. Yes, exactly. I was, but... I was going to say, it's like we're starring in a Hallmark Christmas film when everybody else has uh, abandoned us and we're, it's only the two of us now and was it the germs going around that caused everybody to be ill or was it Santa oh yeah <laughs> I did watch one the other day where it was about organ donors falling in love with each other wow the <laughs> <laughs> new spin on it yeah, yeah. A, a woman and the man who donated possibly I don't know a kidney to her or something I don't know and are you a fan of these Hallmark ones? Do you watch the, you know, are you on, was it Christmas 24 and things like that? I mean, my mum loves them. It, it's good to see that uh, Lacey Chabert had a sort of steady career after Party of Five finish. But yeah, I, I used to watch them all the time. And then I kind of got weaned myself off them. But then when I had COVID this year, I just watched them endlessly. And so I'm <laughs> back. I'm afraid I'm back watching them. <laughs> watched one with uh, Mayan Bialik the other day. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. There, there was one I saw. It was on Channel 5 and it was all like, but it was a British one. It was uh, Gemma Whelan and Jolie Richardson were playing sisters. Hey. And then um, <laughs> Sally Phillips was in it and Ronnie Ancona was in it. It was an odd sort of cast of characters. Um, yeah. But there was one that I watched last year. I mean, like Lacey Chabert was in it, obviously, but also Mariah Carey playing a character. No, was she acting? Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, yeah. In theory. <laughs> this could be a podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. So we are sort of Christmas TV bound. We've got the Christmas TV fortnight up on the website. Is there anything you're particularly looking forward to, Dawn, for Christmas yes, TV? The Detectorists. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here too, so, yeah. And uh, more, more coming White. No, no, that's not right. Mortimer and White House. Similar, but different. <laughs> more and Wiser will be on in a bit. We'll be talking about them yeah. later on. <laughs> All BBC I'm looking forward to. Looking at the schedules, obviously, as we do, BBC have quite a strong output. I think ITV, certainly, to a lesser extent, Channel 4, do sort of rely on their formats over Christmas. I mean, I don't think that um, ITV, other than the soaps, have got anything scripted apart from Doc Martin. It's yeah. all game shows. Um, I mean, the voice kids is the big thing that's going to be on the week that we we're talking about now so bbc i think like stuff like you know i I suppose we can go through what we're talking about we're going to be talking about mayflies um which is bbc 
ITVX are bringing the drama with Without Sin. Christmas Carol, which is almost it is almost a Christmas film, really, isn't it? On on Sky Max, and that's got Saran Jones, and then we've got a ghost story for Christmas: colon Count Magnus, which is the annual Mark Gatiss um, adaptation of M. R. James, I believe that's the author's name. Now, Dawn, we were just talking uh, beforehand as well, and one of the shows you were on the podcast for, I believe, last time, The Traitors. Uh, you you have become hooked on. <laughs> it's got me in its grasp. When we reviewed it, it gave away why this was going to work so well, which is that even if you were like, well, it's okay, but, but you go to the next episode because you have to find out who was murdered or who was banished. It's just so good. And the twist, you know, a lot of them I didn't see coming and they're clever. And as with all shows like that with real people you start to really like people and dislike people <laughs> but I think more than anything I've, it's it's a game show rather than a reality show and I, that's the aspect of it I really enjoy and that everybody trying to play a game but they can't they've no information there's nothing <laughs> to give away who's the traitor and they're all saying uh, the best was definitely was it Matt the magician who I can tell because it's my job to read people and he was completely wrong. So that was highly entertaining. And did he get banished or killed? He was banished, yeah. He was banished, okay. Because he revealed he was in a relationship with the other the girl, is that why? Exactly. Obviously it will have finished by the time this comes out, so do you think the traitors will prevail or do you think... I did think that until the most recent episode and now I'm not so sure because I think the brilliant Amanda, who has played a blinder, as they say, uh, I think she just slipped up and by nominating Theo uh, after she'd said she trusted him 100%. So I think they're starting to look at Amanda and I don't know what, I've no idea what they do in terms of the format. What do they do if they find all the traitors quite early? Do they just go, yay, let's go home? Uh, it, and it does seem to be, again something that people are watching linearly and I think shows the importance of trusting that you know if you've got a good concept and a good show then people will watch along with it and it's the first time in ages that I've seen people sort of tweet along with the show you know and I think someone else made a good point as well that the reality shows that we often get now are young attractive swimsuit models uh paradise location whereas this is a range of ages genders all together in scotland (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's why people have gravitated towards it and i think people are already calling for a second series and a celebrity version perhaps as well i still think catherine ryan would be a better presenter not because i don't love claudia i do love claudia but she i just she's too nice (laughs) Mm. Yeah, you could tell she's trying to sort of get in with the cool girls at, at school. That's what it feels like, that sort of act. Dawn, are we having any Christmas specials on um, your podcast, The Shipyard? Yes, we are. By the time you're listening to this, hopefully it should be up. We have recorded uh, an episode on the Christmas Invasion, Doctor Who, uh, David Tennant's first episode. And I will apologise now because we definitely got things wrong. But we're, as a reminder, we are the shipyard. We're focusing on the chippiness. So the relationship between Rose and the Doctor and not on the storyline, which we just spent the whole time going, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Which uh, quite often happens on these. We're we're focusing on the relationship. So that should be available to listen along with our Christmas specials that we did before, which was Moonlighting, The X-Files, How the Ghost Stole Christmas and Dinner Ladies. The Custard TV podcast, uh, we are on all your podcast apps of choice. Please uh, rate, review and subscribe. Uh, we have got uh, the custardtv.com uh, as well, where at the moment you can read um, our picks for the best of the year, as well as, as I've mentioned, all the um, TV that's on or has been on over the past few weeks and what is coming up um, in the first week of the new year. 
as well um yeah if you'd like to be a part of the podcast then you can dm myself at max tv bites luke at link custard tv custard tv pod uh, is the for the podcast and you can email us custard tv reviews at gmail.com and dawn where can we find the shipyard you can find the shipyard at uh, the shipyard st on twitter instagram and facebook and youtube and on spotify or any of your podcast platforms we are now going to talk about another, uh, and we seem to have done all their dramas so far, ITVX. Dawn, have you checked ITVX out yet? I have not, but I, I have seen it change on my fire stick that it's now, because uh, obviously I had STV as well, as, uh, you know, instead of the ITV hub, I had the STV hub, so I've now seen the ITVX logo. So. Do you think it's a bit strange as well that there's so much new drama going up on there? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why, especially at this time of year, I'm, I'm a bit perplexed by that. I thought they would have spaced it all out. Mm. I guess it's to do with the launch of ITVX that they're trying to have a reason for people to go on it. Yeah, and something like um, Litvinenko, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that seems like something that is odd that it's squirreled away yeah. and how many people are going to know it's there as opposed to it being like getting this big debut on on ITV possibly in the new year. And I think it's a bit bit the same with this as well, with Without Sin. Stars Vicky McClure as Stella. When we first meet her, she's working uh, as an Uber driver, very sort of detached from the world, uh, doesn't really engage with the passengers that she has in her car. Uh, soon transpires that three years earlier, Stella's 14-year-old daughter, Maisie, was murdered, leading to the separation from her now-estranged ex-husband, Paul. When Stella and Paul learn that the man who was convicted of murdering Maisie, Charles Stone, wants to send them a message as part of the restorative justice scheme, they agree to listen to it together. During the message, Charles states he wants to meet both, but they initially decline the meeting. But Stella, through communication with Bobby, who works as a mediator for restorative justice, agrees to uh, meet with Charles. Um, However, both are shocked when Charles tells Stella that he didn't murder Maisie, and in fact he found her dead when he went to a house with the intention of robbing it. Uh, Charles also believes uh, he was set up and that the same forces behind Maisie's death are now responsible for the disappearance of another local teenager, Cleo Dale. Although Stella initially uh, dismisses Charles's words, uh, they begin to ring in her head and she soon finds a link between Maisie and Cleo uh, with this discovery leading her to agree to meet Charles once again. This is, I believe, well, no, not I believe, I know that this is the first show that has been produced or co-produced by Vicky McClure's own production company. She's very much obviously keen for people to see this being in Nottingham, which is where she's from. There's a lot of familiar faces. Johnny Harris, who played her dad in This Is England, is in this as Charles. Perry Fitzpatrick, who we'll recognise from Line of Duty, uh, and his friends with Vicky McClure plays her ex-husband. What did you think of this? And did you watch more than one episode, we should say? Did we do the dawn test? I only watched one, I'm afraid. Oh. The, the next drama that we'll be talking about today, Mayflies. I watched Mayflies before this, and I wish I hadn't, mm. in the sense of Mayflies packed a lot into an hour, and without sin, I felt didn't. As you, you summed it up there, the pivotal point of the plot that Charles says he didn't murder her daughter, that he found her dead, that all happens in the last sort of five, ten minutes of the first episode. I wish we'd got to that a lot sooner. I felt that we spent a lot of time with Della. Now, obviously, Vicky McClure is an amazing actress and she's very captivating on screen, but I just felt we spent too long on her situation as it currently was. Her grief and her mental state and her physical state in the sense of she, she seemed to have a very good lifestyle before and now she's working as an uber driver i just feel they could have cut a lot of that down and it's not not done a look and and done a and done a flashback but just cut down some of it it's one that i probably would want to catch up on in that the story itself is interesting enough i think it's quite an unusual story to go down and i i assume a lot of it is going to be about stella forming a bond with Charles and getting to the bottom of the case and and the 
other missing girl. Um, I, I just, I just wish there'd been more of that at the start, and I, I mm. think a bit, a bit slow. Is it four episodes in total? Yeah, it is a four. You know, it, it it's going to zip along more speedily. I think if it's only four episodes, so I'm hoping that the other episodes will be much more plot heavy. And I'm not somebody who's normally a plot person. You know, I love just characterization mm. stuff. But I don't know why I didn't. I just felt okay. I've got the point. <laughs> She's a grieving mother, and you know she has this difficult relationship with the ex-husband, or her husband has remarried. With, with, uh, was she married? And I'm not sure if he's re. He's certainly got a new partner, hasn't he? I don't know if they specifically said he's remarried. The one thing I will say for it is they do not lean heavily on tail. It's very show not tell, and I thought that I really like that aspect. They don't explain everything. When you see her and her uh, her ex husband uh, listening to the recording of uh, Charles's message to them, it's not all explained at all. And I, I liked that. I like that you're drawn into it that way. You sort of had to do the work. They didn't tell you what was going on. People going in will have probably read a blurb, so will be aware of this. But initially, you don't know what's happened to her. You don't know what tragedy has happened to her. But you could tell that she sort of, you know, there's that scene where she's driving her Uber around Nottingham, picking up different sorts of people. We obviously get the impression that, you know, there's that bit where she throws the guy out of her car who's yeah. trying it on a bit too strong with his female companion. But, yeah, you don't really get, you know, until she's in that scene with Paul and they're listening to the tape. You you have met Chris, haven't you? You've seen his sort of bit, him recording the message. It takes a while to put everything together. There's that scene in the kitchen, let's just say, after the... Uh, yeah. After the they've listened to the tape. And <laughs> you just hope that someone cleaned it before, she, before the new partner started making food, let's just hope. <laughs> I really like this first episode. Shout out to Dorothy Atkinson as well. Pauline. (laughs) Pauline from Mum, playing a completely different character in this, playing Vicky McClure's mum, who I thought she was excellent. I just, those two together were brilliant. That was my favourite relationship and and scenes were the scenes with her mother. I thought they were, although I went and looked up their ages because I thought, could they keep Mm. But um, I thought they had great chemistry together and it was very believable as a mother and daughter. Two great actresses, yeah. anyway. What was the age gap, Dawn? Oh, uh, I think it's like 13 years or something. Okay. So or maybe 15, something like that. So she would have been a young mother. And I thought, well, maybe that is the story. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've just got a feeling that after this episode, this it's going to sort of descend into something a bit more... Yes. generic yeah and that's why i was hoping you'd what you'd done a dawn <laughs> sorry. sorry to let you down you know the connection between the door the daughter and and cleo as well was a bit clunky like i thought that it's dorothy a- atkinson comes in and goes has she gone missing she used to come down to the stables oh here's a picture of your daughter with her <laughs> the police or whoever wouldn't have made that connection at all. Oh, hang on. He's from the same place and they were friends, you know. But um, that's the conceit, isn't it, of these things that you, the police are never very good. <laughs> yeah, everyone just has to take the law into their own hands. And the way that they've sort of done this with the restorative justice stuff as well, I think was very good. Where she spoke to the lady, Bobby, who the mediator and whose brother was killed in a stabbing. I thought that was a, an interesting element to add to it, and I think that sort of enhanced it a little bit. And the writer of this is a first-time writer, Francis Paletti, I want to say. Yeah, Francis Paletti. She, um, crime writer, first TV series, has done like a lot of research around this restorative justice. So again, I'm not, I'm not sure if that is one and done because he sort of his um, relationship with the restorative justice sort of soured by the end. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. The other thing I think about putting these on a streamer is that it's not going to have that word of mouth no. success because people aren't going to be watching it on main ITV. It's probably, I wonder, like maybe sort of May, June time, a lot of these will be dumped 
in a week, say, like, this will air over four nights, Litvinenko will air over four nights. I don't know how, how many people know that the ITV's streaming service now has all these new shows that I, you can I, catch up on. I don't think that it, it's read enough. I've, I've seen a lot about um, Litvinenko, I can't even say it. Litvinenko. Litvinenko, <laughs> thank you, because of David Tennant. But I haven't seen anything about Without Sin, I have to be honest, I, I hadn't heard of it. You would think like a big Vicky McClure drama mm. uh, and one, you know, she's produced very much a passion project by the sounds of things. Um, one that she's produced. This is something that you would feel would get a lot more promotion had it been on the main channel. There's also, having read the press pack, it seems like they are keen to do more with the character. Not sure, obviously, how it ends because we've not watched more than one episode. But again, you know, there's not going to be any instant buzz off it because I don't think a lot of people know that it's there and it'll be until it comes onto ITV next year that people might then start talking about it, which seems very strange to me. Uh, It's an odd way they're going about things. I I mean, I would carry on with this just to see where it goes, but I think I would take it on an episode-by-episode basis because it does seem like this might descend into something uh, that we've seen before. Although, you know, the performances throughout the board are Vicky McClure, excellent. I think... For me, just not knowing Dorothy Atkinson was in this, I think she was the standout for me. And um, Johnny Harris as well. It's always good to see him because, again, he's, he's an actor you don't often see a lot on TV. No, no. Give it a go. Um, if you haven't already, it's, um, it is there on ITVX, uh, the former ITV hub. Uh, people in Scotland will have that now on their fire sticks. There you go. Yeah, so that's uh, Without Sin. And we turn from one uh, Line of Duty cast member in a new drama to another Line of Duty uh, cast member in a drama. And actually, someone who is a very busy boy because Martin Comston will be soon in I, uh, Prime Video's The Rig. First, he is in uh, Mayflies. And because this is, uh, as Luke would say, aggressively Scottish, we turn <laughs> to our Scottish representative, Dawn Glenn. Yes, I have to say it's on different days in BBC Scotland than it is on uh, in BBC England. So it's on Tuesday, Wednesday in BBC Scotland and Wednesday, Thursday. Don't know why, but there you go. You get a whole day earlier. Mayfly is based on a novel by Andrew Hagen and it tells the story of two best friends, Jimmy, played by Martin Comston, and Tully, played by Tony Curran. They've been friends since uh, high school or earlier their teens anyway best friends and they're part of a group with a few other lads they've all got nicknames based on who knows and obviously they've both grown up they're now in their late 40s mid 40s i should say and jimmy is now a successful writer living in london with his wife iona and tully is a teacher in glasgow with his wife anna played by ashley jensen uh, from afterlife and extras and Tully calls his best friend Jimmy and asks him to come up and see him. Uh, they have a, a caravan that they've used since their teenage years to meet up. And Tully informs him that very sadly he has cancer. Uh, Tully has uh, throat, uh, stomach and liver cancer, very advanced. and He only has four months to live. He has called his best friend Jimmy there to help him to achieve all the things he wants to do before he dies, but most significantly to help him in dying. Tilly has decided that he wants to go to Switzerland and have an assisted death, and he wants Jimmy to be his witness and to go with him. So this is a two-part drama. It's a story about their friendship as much as it is about, and in fact more so than it is, about assisted dying. He doesn't tell his wife, who's not his wife at the start, that's one thing that he marries uh, his partner, Anna, and he doesn't tell her. He knows she'll be against it. She's a lawyer, and it causes many rifts. Uh, Tully, his mother, uh, played by Elise Smith, is in a, a care home, obviously has dementia. And through the series, we see the two episodes, we see flashbacks to their teen years, to their... Uh, 
a very significant moment for them when they all, their friendship group, travelled to Manchester to see their favourite band, The Fall, and what they got up to there. It's a very emotional but rich drama about male friendship and male relationships as well because the relationship between Tully and his father is significant and Jimmy with his own parents. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And how they were friends as teenagers, how those relationships have evolved. Now they are men and what the bond that they still have. And the way that men, and I feel it's like bad, I'm the female voice here. Yeah. Men are friends with each other and connect via music and music quotes. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. to each other, what's your top three best goals from Scotland? What are your best three? gangster films you know what did you think of it <laughs> i mean i would say that's a completely generic thing but then like in two days time we'll be counting down our top 10 tv shows of the year so i mean <laughs> uh <laughs> nailed it accurate. <laughs> i've read, read an interview with the author i'm not sure if you're aware that the author of this is very much the jimmy character in this and he did have a that, yeah down to the fact that the tully character in it um used to call him noodles which yeah. is named for the the author. So the author was called Noodles by his friend. Um, and it seems very much in you know, that they it led up to this gig in Manchester, the group of five friends in there. You know, we're told that one of them died as well, aren't we? Yeah. Presumably that happens in Manchester and that's sort of what causes the rift. One of the other friends sort of doesn't turn up for the wedding until the after the ceremony. And so there's some sort of rift there. But that's all, the, the Manchester gig is all sort of stuff that happened. I'd say this is very easy to watch. I can see why it's been put where it has, you know, two parts in this odd midweek, really well shot. Where is it? Is it Air? I think it's Ayrshire, yeah. Ayrshire. Really picturesque, you know, scenes on the beach. Uh, everyone's very windswept. Nice to see Martin Compton in this sort of role, I think. You know, he's not sort of running round or... Our house was this year, wasn't it? And that was... He was a bit of a scumbag in that. He, you know, nice guy, writer, and trying to do the best for his friend, really. And, and as you say, sort of men trying to deal with their emotions and trying to sort of almost, like, decompartmentalise things. And I think it's a bit harsh. He's not telling his wife he's planning to sort of... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that is the invented part of the story, the whole sort of assisted assisted dying part of the story. Ashley Jensen very good as well, and I know she's they've just announced she's heading off to Shetland, isn't she? To, yes, she is. Yeah, she's to be the new lead there. And I, I mean, I rate her as a dramatic actress. I don't know if years ago you watched something called The Reckoning. No. Um, she was this nurse that had been offered like quite a lot of money to kill someone. It was a really well. I think it was um, Chris Lang who went on to do Unforgotten. It was his one of his earlier things. Yeah, and I think she's good here as like the the wife character. I think she breathes some more life into it. Yeah, so easy to watch. I've only watched the one, but we'll probably watch the the conclusion as it's just a two. And it is, I think, something you can sort of have on when you're in that sort of food coma. You know, after you've had your third turkey curry in a row, I think this is the perfect TV to sort of just have on and just, you know, you don't have to concentrate that much on the plot. Unlike Without Sin, 
it very much is all in the dialogue. You know, they make a list of everything they are going to do in the drama early on, so we know it's explained to us several times. Good, solid drama and good and Tony Curran actually as well, I'll shout out. I thought he was very good, you know, this sort of charismatic, the stronger personality in this friendship and I thought him and, and Martin Compster had a very good chemistry, believable chemistry. And actually the younger actors as well were were very good as well. What about you, Dawn? I was just going to say that. I thought the younger actors were really good. They had the chemistry and, and they did evoke the sense of the, the older actors. I, I did really enjoy it. I watched both parts. <laughs> the second part is very emotional, but I really like the way they end it. I think it's not too formulaic in the sense of the scenes that you would normally get in a drama of someone is dying of cancer. They didn't play them all out. It's It wasn't that story. It wasn't really very much the story of Anna and Tully. It's much more about Jimmy and Tully and their connection and why it's lasted and what they mean to each other. And in fact, Anna shows some jealousy of it because he doesn't come to her. For, to help uh, and, and she's a bit jealous of this relationship that has survived them being hundreds and hundreds of miles apart and I think that's a really uh, interesting thing that uh, a story to explore of adults who have been friends since teenage years and it, you know it, a lot of times those relationships fade away and obviously it has with some of the group but this relationship lasted and, it, and I like that we see the flashbacks to all the, the core elements of what bonded them together so much growing up in this place with difficult parents in different ways they had problematic uh, relationships with their families and young men often only have their male group of friends to turn to uh, and if they are suffering mental health or, or abuse or you know anything like that uh, how difficult it is to talk about it and to lean on somebody else when you're supposed to be the you know the big bravado teenager and I think that was the underlying story of the, the friend who died is that he was an alcoholic and it was just, well, he's caning it. So what? You know, and only one of them is saying we need to do something about it. So I think that aspect of it, I really, really enjoyed the teenage versions of them and their friendship. I thought it was an interesting story. But uh, yeah, as I say, the cast, Tony Curran is always good. Um, of course, he's banged off from Doctor Who. I was looking at his IMDb. Do you think that's still his most iconic role that people will know him for? Because everything else he's sort of, two episodes here then, and the shows he's sort of been a main character in, I've never heard of. Yes, yeah. A viral moment that's forever cropping up on Twitter, the the Doctor Who scene. So I think, I mean, if you're going to be known for something, it's pretty good. But I do think he is a great actor as a leader. As you say, he played the charismatic element, but very well Tully's the lead singer of a band and you could totally get that uh, but also playing the the, fa- the fact that he was coping with this mostly on his own he didn't want anybody else to be upset he wanted to go out and be remembered as this strong guy I, I really enjoyed it it wasn't the cheeriest obviously but <laughs> I enjoyed the richness of it and that it explored a new aspect of well not new but one that I haven't seen explored very much in male friendship. I don't think there's much to add, really. I think, you know, it's it's nothing that's sort of, you know, unique about it, really, is there? You know, we've seen stuff like this before, um, but it's done well. I think everyone involved in it is doing their best, you know, trying to make this work. And I think I think it is successful. And, you know, it's it's two nights. And again, I just think it's, it's perfectly placed in the schedules. I don't think, I think it would have got lost had it been sort of in the new year, but I think you've got that captive audience who probably will be seeking something of substance out. I think it's the only thing possibly of substance on over this week, really, as well. On linear TV anyway, not counting the the streamers. As Dawn says, different, different places, different times, different days if you're in different places, but I think by the time you listen to this, at least one episode will be on the iPlayer, possibly two. I think... They are putting the second one up after the first one's aired anyway, so you can watch it. Well, I suppose one question would be, do you think this would have been better off just pushed together as one TV I movie? Was... Or would you do you think it warrants like the two hours? I think it could have been done as a, as a TV movie. I was going to say, yeah. because it is an easy watch in the term, you know, the first hour does go by quite quickly. 
So I think we could have done, I don't think there's much I would have lost plot-wise because, as we say, it's not really plot, it's character. And, and a lot of it is just sort of hinted at. So I'm not sure that there's a lot they, they could have cut, but I, I do think they could have pushed it together and just as a, a TV movie like, you know, My Name is Leon or something mm. like that. Yeah, I suppose you could just wait till both are on iPlayer and sort of watch it on the telly there. So there you go. So Mayflies, um, that's on, as we said. Um, check it out on iPlayer, it's probably your best bet. Uh, moving to um, The Hangover from Christmas, uh, we are heading to Sky Max. Uh, this is a just Christmas Carol, sorry, no A. Carol with an E. Saran Jones, I don't know if you saw her on uh, the most recent Graham Norton show, Dawn. I did, yes. She was talking about this and basically wanting to do something that her son could watch, who is six. Uh, hence this we've got is a, as you could tell from the title, another modern day retelling of A Christmas Carol. As I said, stars Saran Jones as she's playing Carol McKay. She's known as Christmas Carol. She has an online business selling tat, basically Christmas tat. They make a point of these uh, plastic reindeer antlers that cost very little to produce she sells them for six pounds and they snap quite easily she announces that she'll be selling her company to an american conglomerate for a large amount of money this is going to be a live stream announcement at 8 p.m on christmas eve uh, we also learn she's got sort of a strange relationship with her family her brother aid comes to see her to say do you want to come you know you it's the traditional scrooge bit Every Christmas you don't come. We invite you every Christmas. He's got a vegan wife. Their dad will be there. And and she refers to her dad by his name. I believe it's Leon rather than calling him dad. As with all Christmas Carol adaptations, we've got the three ghosts. We've got the, the Jacob Marley character is her late mother who has had a lot of plastic surgery there's a very sort of death becomes her moment in in that. I don't know if you noticed that, where the, the jaw slightly slips off. That's uh, Rosie Caviero plays the mum as the ghost of Christmas past. Two actors playing Morecambe and Wise, who were very good and do it professionally. Again, that was something I got from the uh, Saran Jones interview on Graham Norton. Joe Brand playing herself as the ghost of Christmas present. And then Nish Kumar also playing himself as the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Carol sees her life flash in front of her eyes. She realises that all the decisions she's made have been due to issues with her parents. And I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that uh, she reforms her ways. And after sort of several revelations, the thing I would say uh, before coming over to you, Dawn, is that, you know, we've seen so many different adaptations modern day tellings of uh, christmas carol but this is like most of them have been done like from an american's perspective you know the only other british remake i can think of is the ross kemp one i don't know if you ever watched that i mean we reviewed that recently as part of one of our christmas specials that was where he was like a debt collector and his partner died and that was quite gritty this is like obviously like a, almost like a celebration of a british christmas really isn't it um what did you make to it i absolutely loved it i just <laughs> it because i thought you know another another second uh, nothing beats the muppet um but it, uh, as you say perfect depiction of a british christmas and the fact that morcom and wise play such a big part in it i just thought it was genius uh, I looked up the writers and they've both written, written for Goodness Gracious Me and a lot of TV comedy. And it, I, Citizen Khan, isn't it, I think, is their main. And, and in fact, they, Anil Gupta had written for The Office as well. I thought it was very funny. I thought Saran Jones was obviously loving every minute of playing the, the bad girl. It was a different take in terms of the... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, it was our family that caused the problem. I don't think we get into the psychology of Scrooge very much. No. 
why Scrooge is awful and other than uh, a love interest gone wrong and he's just loved business and money. But I thought this was really good that it, it takes us back to the mid 80s, my time as a child. So I love that. I mean, it's very mid 80s, this. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yep, yeah, that, that was me. I was 10 in 1985. So it is exactly my era. I, I just thought it was fresh and funny and it didn't take itself seriously at all. Well done and every the Joe Brand and, and Nish Kumar are it's it's inspired. That's what I was thinking. I would never have thought of having the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future be uh T V celebrities. And I, as T V lovers, it yeah. is a good T V lovers. <laughs> I would have liked a little bit more if I'm honest here. I think it started to sort of rush along once you'd done the past bit, I felt. Joe Brand had a couple of scenes. Nish Kumar really only had one scene. And I think comparing them to like the Morecambe and Wise guys who were actually acting, playing Morecambe and Wise, Joe Brand, it was a bit sort of like, yes, I am her. I have done some acting, you know. Like, it was all... It was very, very meta, you know. Her... Assistant Bobby is obviously Bob Cratchit and has got a child called Tiny. And so Carol's going, Tiny Singh, what's wrong with him? And they're like, no, there's not. I, I, I like that in a way. But I just felt like almost like the second and third act were given a lot less time than the opening act. And I know they did something slightly different with the end where she sort of rushes through the three ages almost, isn't it? Which was a unique element that they haven't done before but I think that it was that first segment I really liked with the Morecambe and Wise guys the stuff they did on the tube as well I yeah. thought that was really as opposed to like you know Joe Brand coming out of the toilet <laughs> yeah. it was a and bit mean the, the amount of, of reference to, to Morecambe and Wise famous sketches and they sing a song that was brilliant I agree the other two two parts were too short in comparison I think this could have been a two-parter. Yeah, like Nish Kumar, I suppose, had he was like rocking the hoodie, wasn't he? I think that was the the allusion to the ghost of Christmas and him saying, "Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a star, a rising star." It's just, do you think it was a bit too meta, maybe at times? I I I, I love that. I love meta stuff. Anything, <laughs> you know, breaking the fourth wall. I, I, the opposite of Luke is always saying he doesn't like to know it's a TV show. I really love when it's a TV show. And they, <laughs> I, I love that bit. That's something that just appeals to me particularly. But I do think you're right. They spent a lot of effort and jokes in the first part. And it, it is a shame that they, they rushed, the, especially the future bit. That mm. could have been. But, and, and Joe Brand, it was like, it was weird because I sort of went, has she forgotten how to act? Because I used to love her in Damned and, you know. Getting uh, on. Yes, and I thought, oh. It's like she can't act anymore, maybe because she was acting as herself. But she was playing herself, wasn't she? So it was just like there was also a bit of like interpromotional with Sky, wasn't it? I noticed like someone Game watching of- Game of Thrones on Sky Atlantic and <laughs> initially wasn't a fan of Saran Jones's performance, but I sort of got as it went on that she was someone from the north trying to put on a posh accent, yeah. wasn't she? So she was sort of deliberately standoffish and she sort of drops that as it goes on. That's part of the story that she's sort of tried to get away from her northern roots. I thought Mark Benton was very good as the dad as well. Fantastic. Um, again, a lot of um, the story explained to you throughout, you know, a lot of exposition. But it's a Christmas carol. It's a family thing. You know, you don't want subtlety in this, I suppose. <laughs> Sky have got a good track record of doing these Christmas Eve thing. Was it last year or the year before they did the Beatrix Potter thing with Dawn French? Did you see that? Yeah, I love that. And Yeah. And so they've got a good track record. I don't know. I suppose it is for the family. So some of the gags are going to hit for the parents and then some will hit for the kids. The kids will like all the toilet humour and the physical humour and bits like that. Um, I think an enjoyable sort of festive treat, maybe, Dawn would say. Yeah. <laughs> will be um, available when you listen to this on now. Uh, I'm sure Sky will be repeating ad infinitum, so you'll probably, if you have got Sky, you'll probably be able to catch up on that. And 
another sort of Christmas institution that we have now. It's the ghost story for Christmas. Uh, last week, we actually talked about Inside Number Nine, who almost did like a tribute to this with their episode, which was set in a scary church and had Simon Callow in it. Um, but this is another Mark Gatiss adaptation of M.R. James's. This is Count Magnus. Dawn, do you want to just quickly talk us through uh, the basic plot of this? Uh, and it won't take long. No. <laughs> There's not much to it. Jason Watkins plays Mr. Ratzel, is that how you pronounce it? I can't remember. Who is a well-to-do traveller who enjoys travelling around the world and, as we are told at the very beginning, is a very curious man. He likes to ask questions and learn about people. He finds himself in Switzerland and he uh, stays with a family who has a distant relative in the past, Count Magnus, and when he asks the lady of the house about Count Magnus, she's reluctant to talk about him. So he goes into town and asks the local hotelier uh, <laughs> what is the story of Count Magnus, and it appears that many years ago he went out on a pilgrimage. When he returned, he brought back something with him, and uh, it was a very unpleasant something. And so Mr. Uh, Rexall decides to, Rexall, should they, uh, decides to investigate further and find out as much as he can. And he discovers that Count Magnus's tomb is in the garden. And of course, he has to go and investigate it. And basically, that's it. Without <laughs> mm. <laughs> spoiling the ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sort of know, I think, where, where these are going. And it's unfortunate. Uh, Will was meant to join us today, but he's. Uh, got a very sort of poorly throat so um and this is his sort of area of expertise i mean do, do you watch these uh are these are these sort of you know I something loved, you like yeah, i loved uh whistle and i'll come to you and the signalman and i thought last year's the amazement very good really enjoyed that i felt this one is is really lacking in terms of what <laughs> just in in amazing you know the creepiness goes through it all the way through the a painting, well, it's not a painting, but uh, an image keeps changing. And this mm. one felt, you know, right, as you say, you know exactly where it's going. You know, right, start, Count Magnus brought something unpleasant back with him. Okay. And that's going to get to him. And, and that was it. I, I just, I know they are only half hour shows, but I would, you know, compare them to Inside Number Nine, which fits so much into half, half an hour. I just felt there wasn't enough to this one. As this thread of the Christmas a ghostry for Christmas is going on, I'm wondering if Mark Gattis is finding the stories that are not as good. Uh, you know, he's done the best ones first. I, th- I thought the performances were good. It was very Tales of the Unexpected, but it felt like a, an episode of Tales of the of Unexpected that, you, that you'd uncovered from the 70s. I mean, this is a character that Jason Watkins can sort of play in his sleep, really, isn't it? It's sort of like this uppity intellectual feels he's slightly above like everyone else he's on screen with Mayanna Buring is there as the sort of slightly creepy female relative of Count Magnus you know you've got that opening narration from Mark Gatiss haven't you where he basically just sort of you mentioned that just say basically says that Rexel his character isn't going to make it something terrible is going to happen to him and something terrible does happen to him at the end basically um but again i think it lacks that maybe that subtlety i know last year when we talked about the mesitant we thought that was quite slight am i right in thinking the end you saw like a creature at the end yes yeah whereas in this you've got like the bit of camera yeah yeah the hint of a monster and then sort of you had to paint the 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 sort of the gaps yourself the one bit i liked actually was the the flip to like modern times that this will yes. keep happening the final scene is set with some backpackers uh coming around sweden and seeing the tomb of count magnus and the possible i mean it reminds me a bit of the end of jumanji if i'm honest <laughs> <laughs> yes i get that roll the dice <laughs> or to be more modern if you saw did you watch red rose all the way through yes i did yeah yeah the end of red rose I think if you like these, this might be enough for you. But if you're saying maybe not as a fan. Uh, I, I just didn't think it was creepy enough all mm. the way through. I think there's one jump scare in it. You know, the very last sort of five minutes are scary. But 
I just didn't find that the level of, of scare was there. Mm. And, if, and because there's such a short story, you know, you're not going to get a lot of other things. So it hangs entirely on the creepiness. It's all people telling you about creepier things that have happened it's, apart from the, the things that are on screen. Nothing creepy happened. It was just people telling you stuff that happened. Yeah. I think that is the problem. Well done. <laughs> you put your finger on it. Um, yeah. So this is on Friday the 23rd, um, I, I believe, 10 o'clock, uh, but you will be able to find it on iPlayer. I believe Mark Gatiss is also doing his own version of A Christmas Carol uh, on stage, which will be on BBC4, I believe, on Christmas Day. So he's a busy boy this year. But yeah, that's it. That is our last sort of full podcast for the year. You will be hearing our best of the year in the next couple of days. Uh, but yes, thank you so much, Dawn, for joining me. Uh, you're welcome. Glad to end the year as, as my one year anniversary. Of yeah, going. happy anniversary. Thank you for, for being present all year. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me and letting me just talk. Because basically that's all I want in life, so thanks. <laughs> that's all right. That's uh, and, and to that point, again, if you'd like to uh, be another voice on the podcast, please get in touch with us. You know, we'll thank everyone who's been on this year. Um, especially Dawn, who has been a very welcome addition to the team. You know, we'd like to expand further. So if you would like to be on a podcast, please get in touch with us. As I say, at Matt's TV Bytes, at Luke Custard TV, at Custard TV Pod, Custard TV Reviews at gmail.com. And Dawn, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at DawnGlenn2 and uh, the Shipyard at Shipyard UST. Brilliant. And... So, yeah, next will be our best of the year, I presume. And then after that, our first show of 2023, where we will obviously be talking about Happy Valley. So there's some things to look forward to. Until then, thank you and goodbye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.